listening to the Testudo Times Podcast, the official podcast of SB Nation's Maryland Terrapins Colossus. And welcome to episode 83 of the Testudo Times Podcast. We're dusting the cobwebs off this thing because we haven't done the show in a month. You know, life, the universe, and everything gets in the way. Graduation in Maryland and all. Some of us have. Some of us now are upperclassmen. Thomas, how does that feel? Um, it's It feels a little weird, I guess. The whole halfway done with college is, I don't know. I don't really know how to feel about that yet. You you shouldn't know how to feel about that yet because it just happened. So you'll you'll have some time once you start looking around at kids on campus and you're like, wait a minute, they look too small. How are they in college? That's when you'll know you're a bit old. That happened with me when you lot your class was walking around my senior year. It was weird. Uh, Jared is also here. Uh, Jared, you're also going to be an upperclassman. Does that feel weird? Um, you know, not really. Uh, I guess not any more weird than it already, like than already being older than people in college. Um, this year walking around with freshmen on campus was, I guess as weird as it has gotten. So I'm sure it'll just continue to progress along that same path next year. I don't think you really think about people younger than you on campus until you get to be a junior or a senior as a sophomore. I never thought of that, but maybe, maybe that's just me. Uh, there's a lot of Maryland stuff that we need to talk about. Hopefully you enjoyed our little interviews and special things. Uh, Thomas's with Brenda Freeze is very good, and that still holds true. It's a good interview, and you can still listen to it. Uh, but we have some things that we need to get to. The reason why we waited basically until now to do this podcast was because we were waiting on the, probably, the one you all thought, uh, the decision that was going to be a fait accompli, which is Justin Jackson's decision to return to Maryland. Thomas, I know we repeated on this podcast a thousand times that none of us thought he was going to leave. Uh, but now that he is officially back, we have a good sense of what the team's going to actually look like come the fall. Yeah. Um, you know, with Jackson, you know, he never announced that he was entering the draft. And so it always felt like, you know, he was he didn't want to make a big show out of being there. Um, he did get a lot of very good reviews when he was in the draft, when he went to the Combine. Um, a lot of scouts really like, you know, obviously if you just show up with a seven, three wingspan and you know what to do with it somewhat, um, you know, a lot of people will be intrigued. And I think that's what, that's what happened with him, but you know, he'll probably be a better prospect next year. So that that's really what went into that decision. Um, it's really what I expected to go into to happen, but you know, it is always a, a natural drawn out process and it is what it is and yeah i mean but between him coming in him coming back mj walker not coming in um you know this this is pretty much you know we're, we're starting to see the roster almost set i don't really think maybe one more player might come in but um i, I don't know exactly where that would come from it would be like a tamayach out of nowhere kind of a deal a turgeon um, special oh yeah i mean and knowing Mark Turgeon that it's most likely that something like that will happen. But whoever that is, I don't expect to be a big contributor next year anyway. This is um, definitely true. So, so with that, I think we now have a pretty good idea of what the rotation is. And, you know, I don't really know what this team is going to be capable of because 
um, most most hopes would ride on, um, you know, those, you know, recent freshmen, rising sophomores um, taking a step up. And, you, you know, you just never really know what kind of steps they're going to take. So there is there is reason to be optimistic and there's reason to be uh, kind of skeptical about the team. But, you know, this is I think we're looking at what it's going to be. It seemingly seems like that. Darren, talk about MJ Walker for a second because he was really the only recruit that was on the board still that Maryland had a semblance of interest in. I, I don't I don't follow recruiting as much as some of us do, obviously, but it never really seemed like Maryland was the front runner, and of course he did commit to Florida State. So I, I mean, what did you how did that whole process play out and did Maryland really have a better chance at him than I'm letting on? Uh, Maryland had a Great chance with him actually back in the fall of last year and maybe around the summer. Uh, there seemed to be some mutual interest um, back then. He's also a two-sport athlete, um, so he was really good at football in high school. Also, I don't know that that had anything to do with his college decision or anything. I don't know if he's going to play in college or have, have the opportunity to play in college especially at a great football school like Florida State. Um, but things kind of cooled off over the winter, um, and Maryland went from being what appeared to be the perceived favorite to kind of on the back burner, and then just kind of out of the picture completely. Uh, there was, I guess, kind of still hope the longer it went on that he was not committed, uh, that maybe we'd get that late Mark Turgeon spring surprise that you know turned out to be instead of somebody from some island in, you know, the Canary Islands, whatever. Um, you don't that, know where the Canary seems Islands to pull are, off. do you? No, I know where they are. They're, oh, they're okay. near Europe. They're near Ocean. Europe. All right. Close enough. Okay. Um, but uh, the bottom line is that Maryland, for a long time now, was not really uh, a great landing spot or, or, or a, a viable landing spot for Walker. So, you know, it, it sucks that, you know, he was off the board for Maryland, but you know, it hasn't really been probable. I'll say, you know, I guess it's possible. It hasn't been probable for a long time now. And a lot of that had to do with the fact that up until what happened after the last season ended, Maryland had no scholarships available. So there wasn't anything that they could do. And then they had a few more defections than they expected to happen and then they had more scholarship slots open, and that's why the MJ Walker thing picked up again. But by that point, I think, Jared, as you're saying, the ship had really sailed. And the only reason why there was still hope, I guess you could say, is because he took until today, this Wednesday, the 24th, till he announced his commitment, I guess. Yeah, I mean, yeah, that's, that's a, a fair synopsis. I, I don't know. I, I think Maryland was always kind of on him and would have made room with scholarships. Regardless, you know, you make room for a, a then five star. He's dipped down to to one of the higher four star players. Uh, you always make room for a player like that on your roster. You know, uh, it, it just didn't work out. That's that's really all there is to it at this point. Mm -hmm. So Thomas, now that we know that Maryland's roster pretty much is going to look like the big two, the three additions, I guess, Morrisol and Fernando and Sean Obi. There are two scholarship slots that are open now, and presumably, as we've talked about, they're going to stay open. As there's not really much left for Mark Turgeon to do for 2017. So, 
it's so early. It's obviously the end of May, and you can't really tell anything about this team at the end of May, but it sets up very intriguing, as you mentioned before, for a team that we thought last year was going to be a bit of a wild card. The 2017-18 version is going to be even more of a wild card. Oh, for sure. Um, because you don't have, you know, Mello Trimble, who is at least a known good quantity. Um, you know, all the guys, you know, in the 2016 class, Jackson, Cowan, Herter, they're all, you know, known pretty good quantities, but they haven't been, you know, they weren't stars last year because they didn't need to be. Um, now, at least one of them, you know, kind of needs to be. And I don't know, you know, a lot of... You know, I've talked to a lot of Maryland fans who believe it's going to be Jackson. Other people think it's going to be Herter. Um, and still some more think Cowan can do it. So, I mean, you know, there's, again, it's going to rely on, you know, guys taking that leap. And you know, we just won't be able to really judge that until maybe like January when, when like 20 games are played. Absolutely. Uh, we know a couple of those games, at least the out-of-conference schedule, now, uh, we already knew that they were going to be playing in a tournament in Niceville, Florida. Isn't that a great name for a town, Niceville? Anyway, Maryland will score and win a game uh, scoring 69 points, evidently. And they have announced also Maryland's opponent in the Gavit tip-off games, which is Butler at home, which is a pretty good game in out-of-conference play because last year Maryland's out-of-conference schedule was egregiously bad. And playing a Sweet 16 team is not anything that anyone should complain about. So... It'll be a good little early test for Maryland in November when they play Butler at Xfinity Center. There's also a bit of minor football news, a couple of commitments. One of them was, I believe, a tight end. But the other is a very interesting story, Jared. Why is a former Boston College basketball player coming to Maryland to play football? Oh, he's from the area. I originally went to high school in the area, so it's kind of a bit of a homecoming for him. Um, I think, I mean, the answer to why, I guess, is... You know, we have uh, an opening uh, at at tight end. You know, we Maryland Maryland is not a a a deep team at the tight end group right now. So uh, there's plenty of space for him to come in and compete there. That is presumably what position he'll play. Uh, if you go to uh, Garland Owens' uh, Twitter page, the, the pinned tweet is of him showing off his incredible uh, vertical leaping skills, which, you know, it are unbelievable. Um, and, you know, it's, it's just kind of a, he, you know, he could turn out to be one of those, you know, former basketball players turn tight end. I mean, I wouldn't, I would hesitate to, you know, call him a, a star before he gets on the football field, but he, he seems to be athletic enough to, to, have that kind of potential so that's uh i mean that's that's just a positive right there and, and coming home you know it seems like a lot of these kids uh he's not the only one who's who's played outside of the area who's transferred back to play football at maryland at, at home so you know it's just one of those things that that kind of worked out at the right time for him is he eligible this year I, yeah I he's gonna be a transfer oh, okay. one year right away and that's it Oh, very cool. Uh, Maryland has also recruited a conventional tight end for 2018. And Thomas, as we were recording this, I just remembered that isn't it Ray Lewis's son, who is a wide receiver, is transferring to Maryland and able to play next year? 
Um, I believe Ray Lewis's son is a conventional transfer that is not going to be eligible in 2017. I meant I ne- my next year is 2018. Oh, next year, yeah. Yeah, next year is 2018. See, we're at the time of year where next is such a yeah. It's a weird, vague, and nebulous <laughs> term, isn't it? Yes, but but 2018, yeah. Uh, Rashad Lewis, the the small, not linebacker sized son of. <sighs> definitely linebacker size yeah actually i mean so rashad was a i think he might have even been a two-star recruit but he went to utah state and had i mean it's it's tough to compare like numbers across you know systems especially in college football but you know he had more receptions than any maryland receiver did last year that's not hard to do no, I mean, he had 44 as a freshman, and no Maryland receiver had more than 40. So, you know, he, he I think, will bring a little something different than a lot of other guys they've been bringing in recently. So um, it'll be interesting to see how he fits. Um, maybe we'll be able to get a sense of it in, you know, in fall practice, but we certainly won't see it in a game for a while. Not until it is, it is a fun thing, though. I, I don't know to what extent... Um, you know, this means that Ray Lewis will be involved in Maryland football, like to what extent other than just like a parent of a player. Or but, being in all of those Under Armour ads. Yeah, but it's a nice name to kind of just have around, really. Can't, can't complain, complain about that. I'm pretty sure DJ no, Durkin isn't complaining about it. No, nah, and it sounds like the kid is, you know, a good player, a good kid, so. Yes, so let's move on now to really what you want to hear about, which is the spring sports, and a couple teams are in big time. The teams that are usually in the big time are at the big time again. Both lacrosse teams at the Final Four. Again, Thomas, please finish this sentence before I get bad flashbacks to last year. I mean, what? I don't, I don't know about anything that happened last year. I just, I just know that this year's teams are good. So yes. anyway. Last year's teams, ah, uh, oh, yes, I see what you've done there. Yeah, they were, they were fine. They were really um, good. But so so after, you know, after um, the way last season ended and the, you know, both teams graduated a lot of really talented players and faced a lot of question marks. They both entered the season ranked number two, which is, you know, obviously still respect. But, you know, the women, they then, you know, they're currently 21-0 again. Um, and the men, by the end of the season, had taken the number one spot. So they both took the number one seed in the tournament. So they've they've so far answered every question that anyone could have had, and they they both look like very good. You know, they're they're the favorite in both both instances here. Which, you know, do what you will with that information. Um, especially the, men the guys. Play, especially the guys. Yeah, the men have to play Denver, who um, beat him in the 2015 title game. Um, Maryland now is way better than Maryland was that year. Um, just way, way more into it on offense. Alex Littlehills actually wrote about that today. Um, the women play Penn State in the semifinal on Friday. Yeah. Um, Penn State is actually pr- probably the other best team left other than Maryland. Because um, yeah, all the other good Boston teams College, lost, apparently. Well, yeah, Boston College and Navy are the other semifinalists, and both are unseated. And Maryland beat Boston College by eight earlier this year. It'll, it'll be an interesting 
dynamic. It'll be a fun weekend, I hope. Hopefully it ends well. Uh, Hopefully it's more fun than last weekend. And the other game for the guys is Ohio State and Towson. Now, Maryland lost to Ohio State in one game and then beat them in the Big Ten tournament title game the other time they played. So it would be interesting if Maryland ended up playing Ohio State in the final. I don't know if they played Towson or not. I always assume they do because it's in-state, but I don't think they did. Did they? They did not play Towson this year. Oh, okay. Um, but, but you all, you, you know, that, that Maryland little connection is always a fun one. Oh, and of course the game is in Foxborough and not in Baltimore. Yeah, which would mean, I mean, for the women, it would either mean, um, you know, they play Boston College in, you know, Foxborough, which might be a different dynamic than playing them in College Park as they did earlier. Mm. Um, or Navy, who's another, you know, another Maryland team. Yeah. So, so those, those are your options. Obviously, you have to beat Penn State first. And Penn State gave them really their toughest test of the year until last weekend. True. And beating Penn State in any sport is always good. Can't yeah, it's complain fun. about that. Jared, do you have any thoughts about lacrosse? And hopefully this is the year that the guy's 42-year drought with winning a title finally ends. I think there have been too many close calls. The gods have to give them one at some point. No, I mean, I think you guys pretty much covered the important things. I'll just say, you know, I... Growing up a Maryland fan and and watching uh, this men's team specifically, you know, kind of get to this weekend and just lose over and over again, sometimes in more heartbreaking fashion. Cough, cough last year. I thought we told you not to mention that. I thought we told you not to mention what happened last year. No, 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 Thomas opted not to mention that. Uh, I think that, you know, as as the Maryland fan that I am, I I think it's important to to, you know, kind of recall that, you know, it's the only, uh, the DC, the only DC sports team I get to, to root for. So I have to share in the misery somehow. Um, <laughs> but as somebody once but no, is Maryland really a DC sports team? Cause they don't play in the district. Somebody joked about well, that. It's, it's in the area. I, well, I the know. Redskins don't, don't play, play in the play district, either. district either. Yeah, but they don't even count. They're, they're an island under themselves. We have to count oh, them, sir. I know we do. They have anything Washington that happens their to them overshadows all other dc sports so anything that happens to them matters any anyway jared continue those are the rules we we just have to play by them no i'm just saying you know this year the team looks great as they do most years i guess i you know i just think there might be a little bit of a different feel about the team this year being led by you know the senior duo of of heacock and rambo um it's their last shot at at glory um, at the school, and I think that with with Rambo's you know uh, higher assist numbers this year, he's been more involved in facilitating. While he's also kept his goals total, you know, about the same as it was last year. So you know, I, I think there's a little bit more of the offense running through him, and he's one of the best players on the team. So you know, we'll see how it all shakes out uh, in in Foxborough this weekend. Um, but one thing I would really watch out for is the the, uh, the face-off X. Uh, Maryland is going up against uh, that kid Baptiste from Denver uh, in the semifinals, and he's the best face-off guy in the country. So, you know, it'll be important to, to kind of limit Denver's possessions so Maryland doesn't play defense all game because we saw how, uh, you know, Maryland played against Albany with Albany on defense all game. Maryland was up 10-2 at one point in 12-4 at halftime. So, you know, it's important to to maximize Maryland's possessions and, and minimize uh, Denver's possessions. Mm-hmm. 
Absolutely. Those games, the guys are on Saturday and Monday, hopefully, if they win. And the girls are Friday night and then Sunday, hopefully, if they win. And we know you'll all be watching those games as well, all of us. And another sport that is going on as we speak, actually, I think the game's starting in a couple of hours from the Wednesday night that we're recording. Baseball, the Big Ten tournament is finally beginning. And let's talk about that with somebody who knows more about Maryland baseball than I do. Who wants to take this? I have a very, very embarrassing lack of knowledge of Maryland baseball. Me. I guess that's me because I've, I've been kind of following along with uh, okay, what they've then, been Then go, here, go so. for it. Okay, thank you. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, as we, as we say this, they are just about to start Big Ten play probably around – you know, an hour from as I, as I'm talking, but, um, yeah, they, they kind of backed into this tournament. They've lost, I think four series in a row, um, including a couple of the teams. They really shouldn't be losing series to, um, they lost the series at home to Northwestern and they entered, I think that weekend 20 and one at home, maybe 20 and two. So like they, they, they are struggling at not a very good time to struggle. Um, so they're still probably inside the NCAA tournament field at the moment. But, you know, if, if they just go 0-2 and they're out, it's not totally, you know, out of the question that they could miss the postseason entirely. And that would be a shame, obviously. But um, they they seem to be in a position where, you know, one or two wins should be enough. And they're the four seed in an eight seed double elimination tournament. So there's reason to think that they can do that. Okay. What's been the real reason why they've been struggling of late, Thomas? It's it's honestly tough to put a finger on why some baseball teams struggle. Like because either you can be you can be hitting well one day and just not pitch well that day, and then the next day you could lose like you could lose twelve ten and you can lose three two in back-to-back days. And so it's really tough to pin down anything. I mean, they they have a very good starter in Brian Schaefer, Big Ten Pitcher of the Year. They have a couple other pretty good starters in Tyler Blom and Taylor Bloom, who I, I actually said different names there. <laughs> as you, you did, apparently. It looks, it looks very... Yeah, their names look way more similar, actually, on paper than they do, you know, even, even as I say them. It's, it's rough. But uh, I'm not calling those games, and I'm kind of thankful I'm not. But our friend is, is, and he has probably had to deal with that quite a bit. So sorry about that, Jake. It gets easier. Yeah, Jake and all the guys over there, they've, they've learned. I mean, fortunately, you never have to call them both the same game because they're both starters. That's true. Um, but if but you yeah, mention I mean, them in the same breath, it would get really, really kind of confusing. Yeah, well, I just did, and I've, I've learned. So, yeah, well, you have learned because you're a quick learner. But that and all, I mean the bullpen has been kind of shaky all year, um, and the offense has been kind of inconsistent. It's been all right. Um, so they've been a good team, but they haven't, you know, really put it all together recently. And I don't know. We'll we'll see how they end up. I guess. Jared, any thoughts on baseball? I mean, I've I've followed it kind of from afar. Uh, this spring has been real busy with other things but no i agree with thomas's assessment that you know you could lose a game 12 10 or you could lose a game 3 2 on back-to-back days and there's not really any kind of rhyme or reason to it um you know it's just kind of 
one of those sports that's tough to really, you know, identify things as as long as they're not, you know, persistent issues. I think, you know, some days you get great pitching out of the team. Some days you don't. Sometimes they hit like they should all be batting third in the lineup, and sometimes they don't. Uh, so it doesn't seem like there's one, you know, consistent issue. So, you know, it is what it is, and, and hopefully they figure enough of it out, you know, now that it's tournament time. And the only baseball team that you can actively determine what their problems are every single week is the New York Mets. Their problems are pretty easy to figure out. Other teams, maybe not so much. Isn't that right? Yeah, they're all well, hurt. Yeah, and, I mean, with other teams, you know, there is just, oh, the bullpen's bad. You know, I mean, a few teams, like the, the two that I root for, have that problem currently. But, yeah, I mean, for other teams, it's just everyone's hurt. I mean, that's – I don't actually – I actually don't know what I would rather have, like healthy bad players or good injured players. You could be the Mets and have both. <laughs> Maryland doesn't have to deal with these issues, but I know this is what happens when you get to this time of the year and we're riffing about random stuff on a Maryland podcast. I don't know. Mike Swarren is pitching very well in the minors for the Red Sox, by the way. Oh, Just while we're on, like, pro baseball. Yeah, no, he is he's the Red Sox number 12 prospect, I think, right now. Well, that's not bad. So it's it's plausible he's actually up in the show in a couple of years. Is and Brett Cecil still years, pitching maybe, in the majors? Is who? Is Brett Cecil still pitching in the majors? Yeah, he is in St. Louis. He signed, he signed there this offseason. Oh, okay. I, I know so where he, some still, Maryland players play in some sports, but not others. He is still the only Maryland player in the big leagues. True. I think I think Schwarin is the best bet to change that. Which is Either, good. Probably maybe at some point next year. Yeah, Although no. the current Red Sox rotation is good. Yeah, as we watch Chris Sale strike out every single human being alive. And this gave me another point. Thank you. Uh, bringing up Chris Sale has struck me out twice since we started this podcast. I bet he has. You and you backyard baseball too. If they still make backyard baseball games, I should mention now that you reminded me tangentially through Mike Schwarren, uh, Eric Williamson, Maryland soccer player, somebody I interviewed, very good player, uh, started U-20 World Cup in South Korea as we speak, started game one, which the U.S. drew 3-3 against Ecuador. I'm presuming he's going to start again. They play overnight tonight against uh, Senegal, which is always good because Maryland has had a lot of good players play in that tournament before, and Eric Williamson's one of them. He's starting alongside some pretty good players. And one of the few that's starting that actually plays in college. So that's very impressive. And he's impressing Tab Ramos. And that is hard to do because Tab sometimes doesn't know what he's doing. So congratulations to Eric. He's a great player. And good luck. And hopefully they beat Senegal and Saudi Arabia and go far in the tournament. So thought I should mention that as things go on. Is there anything left that we haven't mentioned? I don't really think so. I mean, only, you know, currently there's just lacrosse and baseball going on. And we've really hit on most of the important uh, football, basketball stuff. I think we should also remind everybody, you'll forget by the time we get to this next year, but it has been officially confirmed that the Big Ten tournament is one weekend earlier in basketball than it normally is, which is going to throw everybody off, and it's going to compress Maryland's schedule a lot because Jim Delaney has some delusions that playing at Madison Square Garden is a good idea. That was officially confirmed this week, so that's about the only other thing I can think of. Exciting stuff. I know. Isn't it great to be in this conference? At least Maryland's going to be getting more TV money from it. Uh, anyway, 
We will be back very soon. What was that, Jared? No, I just said they'll get it eventually. I know. I know. At some point, I mean, I don't know when they actually start getting that money. I think it's in the next decade or something, but that's semantics. About, yeah. Yeah. The next decade, is it's probably true. So, we will be back at some point in the very near future, hopefully to celebrate a pair of national championships and the baseball team in the NCAA tournament. And we'll have some more things, hopefully, to talk about then. But until then, of course, thank you both for joining us. Thank you all for listening. The podcast isn't going away, we promise. But until the next time we meet, go Terps.